Live from London, this is the Saturday Lunch with Joseph Hammond. Good afternoon, or if you're not in the UK, good evening or good morning, wherever you are. My name is Joseph Hammond, primary school music and computing specialist. Today, we'll be talking musicals in schools, sick pay. I will be interviewing Ollie Tumner, a body percussion specialist, and of course, there will be some more songs. Live from London, this is the Saturday Lunch with Joseph Hammond on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Okay then, so um, as I said in my intro today's topics, um, I'm going to, at the beginning, talk about a couple of things that I've noticed recently. Uh, One's a more serious issue, one's a more light-hearted thing, Um, and then I will be um, playing a pre-recorded interview that I did with Ollie Tumner, who is uh, who runs a company called Beat Goes On. He um, does body percussion workshops in schools, and he's a former cast member of the show Stomp, where they take brooms, newspapers, uh, uh, metal bins, etc., and play percussion music. He's really inspiring guy so i'll be sharing that with you and um as always in my show the last half an hour will be dedicated to me playing singing and sharing a whole bunch of songs uh for primary schools um some possibly even secondary schools and early years i just want any excuse to play that sound effect um so um couple of things that um i wanted to uh, talk about that i noticed this week um and one is um i'll start with the light-hearted one so i was looking for musicals and um things that <clears throat> that possibly i would do for my school in the in the future and um, I noticed um, in the um, music the- music theatre international website um, they do school editions or kids editions or junior versions of famous musicals. They have a Broadway junior collection. They have Broadway kids, um, and one of the shows on offer, I kid you not, is Avenue Q the musical. Now um, it's to be fair it's not aimed at um primary school it's aimed at secondary school and you know in secondary schools you can do a bit more risque stuff with your uh, musicals and things but um i just if you're if you're listening to this either live or downloaded and you're a secondary school teacher and you have any say in your school's uh, plays productions whatever I would be very interested to know if you have, um, if your school would ever dare put on Avenue Q. Now, for those that don't know, 
Avenue Q is a very raunchy, risque, um, can be quite rude, offensive musical, um, which is all about um, which is all about you know a, a grad uh, a college graduate named Princeton moving into an apartment, and it's not your ordinary neighbourhood, and they uh, the rest of the friends. Um, are trying to find jobs, dates, their purpose in life. So actually, it can be quite relevant thinking about it. It actually can be quite relevant for secondary school and high school students. Um, but it's also pretty, pretty risque. Like there's um, some of the songs are um, called If You Were Gay, Everyone's a Little Bit Racist. Um, I'm not wearing underwear today. Um, and, oh, and mo- perhaps one of the most famous ones, which thankfully isn't in the high school edition, is the internet is for porn. I mean, thank goodness, because, you know, could you, <laughs> could you imagine any secondary school singing the internet is for porn? I don't think I could. That would mean they wouldn't get any sales whatsoever. But... Some of the other risque stuff, like I'm not wearing underwear today, is in there, which it's not really got any obscene material, to be fair. And it is a laugh. Um, but yeah, it is um, it's pretty risque. I'll, I'll play it to you now, just for reference. Um, I'm not wearing underwear today. No, I'm not wearing underwear today. Not that you probably care much about my underwear Still, nonetheless, I gotta say That I'm not wearing underwear today And that's that song <laughs> it's, it's hilarious when you... Oh man, if anyone just started listening now And that was completely out of context I would probably be in for a shock Anyway, yeah Um Oh, so that just really surprised me that there was a school edition of Avenue Q. So if you're if you're listening live or if you're if you've downloaded, let me know on Twitter if your school would ever dare put on Avenue Q school edition, because I would love to know and I would love to hear how it goes, because, you know, all, all the other shows, I mean, some have the occasional swear word or risque stuff, um, but not to the extent that something like Avenue Q does. You know, if you take Fame, for example, there's a couple of swear words in that, or School of Rock has a few risque things, but it's not about the risque stuff, whereas Avenue Q is all about the risque stuff. So I would be very interested to know um, if that's the case. Avenue Q School Edition, man, how, I just, I can't believe, I mean, part of me's glad it exists, part of me's thinking, hmm, but there you go, it's a thing. Um, so yeah, that was one thing that I, that I noticed, which made me laugh this week, um, or, or the last few weeks, and I just wanted to mention it, um, now, the other thing that I wanted to talk about in these first half an hour slash 20 minutes is um, sickness and sick pay, because um, <clears throat> there's 
with lots of us staying at home um, and it being life being a bit all over the place due to COVID recent uh, in the last 18 months, obviously. And, you know, with it being on the news about this uh, this new variant coming in from South Africa that's uh, potentially the worst ever variant, um, it makes me think that we could end up, you know, having more restrictions put on us later in the future, which um, I'm anticipating might happen. Like, I'm hoping for the best, but also preparing for the worst. But it brings to light something that, that needs to happen more because we've been staying at home a lot more. We haven't uh, collectively built up much immunity. And so there's been certainly in my school and in the nurseries attached to my school, there's been a lot of sickness. Um, There was one week where, so in my school, we have um, seven nurseries that are called Little Forest Folk that are um, that are part of the same franchise. Um, and they're all about getting kids outdoors. Um, and then my and then the primary school, Liberty Woodland School, is the um, is the sort of continuation from that. Um, and yeah, there have been a couple of weeks where across all the nurseries, there's seven of them, we've had in total 10 people sick at once um and they have floating little little forest folk they have floating play workers and the play workers jobs are to go between sites and um and cover where necessary but um yeah having that many people sick um yeah, it does. It, it, it makes it really challenging. And this has been an issue I know in a lot of schools, you know, where even before before the rules changed, you know, you just had to um, have one COVID case sometimes for the whole school to have to isolate for two weeks and go back to online learning. And it's uh, and because we've been staying at home a lot more, that means other illnesses have been more prevalent or have affected us more because we haven't developed the natural immunity. I know I've had a couple of days off and lots of people are in a position where they don't have adequate sick pay and therefore having to take time off um, for sicknesses that are not COVID related, they, um has been really detrimental to their financial health and let let's not you know you you can you can debate about money all the time however the, the it's one thing is certain that if you are you know financially unstable or you're reliant on your job to pay the bills and things having a day off because you're sick where you can't come in and you don't get paid that can have a serious impact on your mental and physical health as well because that can cause financial anxiety and financial anxiety is a very real thing that can cause mental health issues so i mean what i'm personally trying to think of and trying to do and i know our 
um, fearlessly to Tom, um, has additional sources of income outside of his his teaching. Um, And I know other teachers do as well. But if you don't have that, and this is something I'm trying to do myself, if you don't have that and your expenses and bills and childcare and everything like that are super uh, expensive and um, it, it can... It can mean that you're, well, either going to struggle financially for a month or two, or it can mean that you're going in when you really shouldn't be because you should be taking a day of rest. And yeah, it does, it does need to, it does need to change. Now, I'm, I've never been in a senior leadership position, so I don't, or a governor position, so I don't know the ins and outs of, how sick pay works or except for you know the entitlement of statutory sick pay from the government but i don't know the ins and outs of it all and so but yeah if 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 your place of work can't provide that or or is is unable to provide that then that's putting you in a very difficult position um, and especially, as I said, since we've been going out a lot less and so we haven't developed any or, or our immune immune systems are not up to date with the way in which um, yeah, the, the, the recent viruses and bact- uh, bacteria that's, that's, that's going around. And so therefore, we, um, lots of school staff, have been going off sick a lot more and that is something that hopefully fingers crossed will improve as we get out and about more and as we do more things and life starts to happen again and i you know i'm i'm going keeping my fingers crossed that the um people that have been vaccinated and have their boosters and uh, everything like that. Um, That's a whole debate for another time. I'm not going to get into specifics of that, but just hope the things that are happening mean that we're not out of the woods yet, but that things that, that we can begin to just do things that have been sorely missing from our lives. And yeah, the the way the media reports it is very fear-based um and sometimes it is and sometimes i guess it is necessary to be a little bit fearful cautious to an extent but if you read if you read the news too much then it is going to have a detrimental impact on your mental health especially especially today with all the things that are being said and going round about about covid um and you know we can i think the best thing is to hope for the best and prepare for the worst um so be prepared i guess that this uh, worst ever so-called worst ever variant from south africa of covid of coronavirus is going to not have as huge of an impact as perhaps the um it did when we had to go into national lockdown for two months or three months in january 
um, we can hope that that's the case, but also prepare that we may have to put up with restrictions happening again. And it is, it's a real, it's, it's, it's a real shame that, that that's the case, but um, schools need to have good sick pay policies. And if any leaders or governors are listening to this show that are in charge of things like, um, you know, payroll, sick pay, um, etc., um, I would I would love to hear from them as to sort of if they haven't been able to provide sick pay for their staff, then um, sort sort of how have they tried to do that and what are the reasons why they couldn't because i would be genuinely interested to know um because it is a very it is a very necessary thing that needs to happen um both for physical health and mental health and it's also a very is it, it because because of our because we haven't built up natural immunity as much as we used to i i sense the need for it to happen a lot more than it has been so what i want to do um now is i want to yeah i think i think that i think that topic's run its course um so um i think yeah i'm gonna um i'm gonna take a um advert break and then i'm going to play this interview with um ollie tumner and we'll talk body percussion and other stuff need support with your phonics teaching did you know oxford university press now has three dfe validated programs to help you read write ink phonics floppies phonics and the brand new Essential Letters and Sounds. Essential Letters and Sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly, using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust English Hub, it's affordable, easy to use, and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. Whatever your school's phonics needs, Oxford has the solution. To find out more and receive support from your expert local educational consultant, visit oxfordprimary.com forward slash phonics. Oh, I, I, I missed the first time. Okay, so this is a uh, pre-recorded interview that I did about a couple of weeks ago. Um, but um, yeah, Ollie was really, um, Ollie was really cool. And um, uh, he's a very, very interesting guy. And also, I've been to, I met him in real life a couple of times and seen some of his teaching and workshops that he's done um, from uh, the other uh, music and drama education expo and things. He's he's a great guy and really interesting. Um, so yeah, highly recommended for visiting your school and doing workshops and uh, workshop leading and things. So yeah, this isn't live, this is pre-recorded, but um, hope you enjoy. 
Okay, welcome back right, there to we go. the show. And now I am joined by Ollie Tumner. Ollie is a body percussion expert, a former cast member of Stomp, and um, he has his own company, his own website, Beat Goes On, where he delivers all sorts of um, body cushion uh, style workshops in schools and other settings. So, Ollie, thank you for being on the show. Absolute pleasure. Lovely to be here. <clears throat> so, tell us um, first, I'm interested to know, like, because I love the show. I love the Stomp show and I love all the stuff. What was sort of the highlights for you of being a cast member of Stomp? Oh, blimey. Um, well, I guess initially just the, the knowing that I was in this show that I'd seen when I was a teenager and being completely blown away by and being completely inspired by. And then I got to do it. Um, <laughs> and I mean, I, it was for one thing it was a little while ago now so uh, <laughs> it's, uh bits of it that are hazy does but i mean i i was lucky enough not only not only to be in the the london and the european casts of the main show um or or the original show i should say really but um they also have a sister show called the lost and found orchestra that i was also in um and uh i kind of i guess in, in terms of kind of venue highlights we got to go to sydney opera house which uh, will always be a kind of a bit of a highlight. But I think just generally working with those guys, um, just kind of seeing the creativity you can have with rhythm and and also just the kind of the, the creativity and kind of playing around with stuff you can have on stage. The whole thing of, you know, there's, there's a certain amount of it is pre-written, but there's an awful lot of scope for improvisation and playing around with stuff when it kind of doesn't go according to plan, but that becomes part of the show um you know the kind of the fact that there isn't really a, if it's a kind of everything is in a kind of a word kind of perfect and as it should be then that may not actually be what you're kind of looking for you're looking for a bit more of a you know a spark and kind of mistakes and like little you know creative risks rather happening um so it was an absolute you know pleasure to be part of and obviously it's helped the cv somewhat since <laughs> yeah and i always I, I often tell my kids i don't expect you to be perfect i just expect you to try your best and um you know well if i you think that suggests that there is a a, a, a kind of a, a perfect a right way of doing something hmm. which i think is um kind of misleading actually in a creative art because you're yeah. always looking to develop you're always looking where else can i go where else can i go a kind of perfection suggests there's a point that you get to that you can't go any further which i disagree with so um yes whenever we're doing workshops uh, we're always quite keen to kind of not we're not aiming for perfection we're looking for where else visually musically <laughs> anything else where else can you take your ideas yeah so um what was your own music education like as a child did you have a lot of uh, opportunities growing up or yes. was it well, you did um, i was very 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 fortunate to have opportunities um you know kind of shoved at me essentially left right and center um i've always i've been, just been very very lucky to always be encouraged I come from what kind of is known as a musical family, but I mean, most importantly, that it was very much encouraged and taken seriously. And um, and I'm also kind of, I'm from Brighton, where there's always been a lot of 
kind of music-y, arty stuff going on. So, um, yeah, I started drum lessons, I think, when I was about 10. Um, I'd kind of been doing a piano a little bit by that, but I kind of took to drums far quicker than piano. Um, and then, I yeah, drum lessons and um, kind of I, I, I kind of went on kind of percussion ensemble courses and uh, kind of through that got into kind of orchestral playing alongside drum kit playing. Um, but then also this was like, you know, kind of coming up towards like the mid 90s. So I was getting into bands and getting into indie um nice. and and then um and then a levels and uh kind of you know went to a quite a kind of a the pre-professional music course so quite a kind of western classically um kind of a level course and then that led on to uni but actually when i was at you know went to kingston uni um and really the stuff i got out of there was really the extracurricular stuff um yeah. there was an amazing guy there Same. called charlie um, yeah, a guy there called Charlie Beale, who was leading the big band. He's phenomenal. He's based in New York, New York now. But um, just in terms of getting us to kind of listen to and play off each other, um, it was a real kind of education, um, as it should be. But it was it yeah. was the extracurricular rather than part of the course. Um, mm -hmm. And then also really my route into Brazilian percussion. There was a guy there called Sam Alexander who uh, was my teacher and has since, you know, kind of become a friend and uh, and a bandmate um, and a colleague and various. So he, those two people really made university worthwhile going to, um, probably more so than any any of the kind of stuff that was actually part of the course. Yeah, similar similar to me. Like my own secondary school, I got so much more out of all the extracurricular stuff, and mm. I, I ended up going to the Guildhall. Um, right. School of music and drama, but um, and as you say, you say you're from Brighton, and uh, actually, if you um before she left, I went to see Anna Rusbach teach. Uh, ah, yes, I, and uh, that was so inspiring. Yes, I'm going to have her on the show at some point. Ah, uh, cool. <laughs> Oh, it's yeah. really nice because I mean Anna. Anna, when she when she was in Brighton, she was the um, head of music at Downs Junior School, where my dad used to be the music teacher. Yeah. So when Anna was winning lots of awards of inspiration and best music department and that kind of thing. I got yeah. in touch and said, "It's so lovely to see that music department in this school that music is still thriving." Um, and then we ended up collaborating and becoming really, really good friends, and yeah. we still are. Um, and she's now um, headed up north. But um, she's still, you know, very much a, a, a kind of very prominent face on the on the British music education yeah. scene. I've got Jimmy. I've got Jimmy Rotherham on the show this Saturday, yeah. November the twenty right. seventh, which is very exciting. Another key member of the British music education. Yes. Oh, yes. So, uh, <laughs> Jimmy and I've uh, yeah, we, we've met a couple of times and chatted lots, and uh, I'm sure we'll be collaborating with her at some point. So, yeah, it's 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 nice to know good people and people who obviously have you know music education at the heart of everything they do. So, um, yeah, excellent job. Brilliant. So, right, let's move on to what you currently do. Um, so you've got um, Beat Goes On. Um, for those that have never heard of it, can you explain what Beat Goes On does? Well, I say, um, yeah, Beat Goes On is very much more than just me. Um, it was initially just me, but we're now a team of uh, workshop facilitators based throughout the UK, and we also travel internationally. Um, we deliver, um, I call it a kind of a tagline, stomp style body percussion <coughs> and samba drumming workshops, but actually we've gone on to develop far more than that. But um, listing everything we do takes more than just a, you know, a, a five second spiel. But um, we deliver basically a range of hopefully fun, hopefully kind of high energy and creative, percussion workshops um 
Oh, and I'm, I'm one of the the kind of the former cast members of Stomp, but there's there's a couple of others as well who also nice. um, do stuff. And but I think to be honest, I mean everyone in the in the company has their own specialities and experiences. Everyone is a percussionist, but also everyone is a potentially also a vocalist or um, is kind of, has a kind of a, more of a kind of an education background, and they bring that through. Um, some do more dance, some do more early years. So um, everyone's got their own kind of speciality. But we um, yeah we go around from one school to other we do lots and lots of one-offs um but increasingly we're doing lots of more kind of projecty based stuff collaborating with other people and um and actually recent most most recently um i was lucky enough to be involved with um the drumming weatherman a wine uh win evans's uh drumathon for children in need in nice. which he played uh something like 2.6 million um absolutely phenomenal so i was lucky i i went up to salford uh on friday taught him some body percussion um as well as also teaching evelyn glennie some body percussion which was great the whole day was just nuts um <laughs> sounds but, amazing it was awesome but i, I ended up um I, manchester school of samba very kindly let me join in with them as part of what was called the big bang which was basically a 50 drummer version of the <laughs> six o'clock news TV uh, theme, but which featured um, <laughs> Sean Keevening and Matt Everett from Six Music, the drummer from The Smiths, the drummer from Pulp, the drummer from Kasabian. Um, the, You're uh, making Paul me Kevin's very drummer. jealous right now. Oh, well, I was in this room going, I'm, <laughs> I'm like the only non-famous person here. And I was like <laughs> chatting with John Thompson from The Far Show and chatting <laughs> with Sean Keevening and chatting with Evelyn Glennie. And I was like, I, you know, I've, so I just had the most bizarre day. It was like, and it turns out all drummers are lovely. Um, <laughs> they just all, there's no egos going. It was great. And obviously also it was to kind of support um, the amazing Owain Wynn Evans um, doing some, uh, doing his 24 hour drumathon, which weighs, a a, I think a record breaking amount for a 24 hour drumathon. But so yeah, huge amounts and, and an amazing achievement for all and uh, great fun to be part of. Brilliant. And um, so I obviously uh, for you personally, um, body, body percussion and st uh, stomp style body percussion and all that stuff, that's naturally your thing. Um, but for somebody who's perhaps a bit skeptical about that kind of thing being beneficial to uh, children and to students, what would you say are the key benefits that learning something like um body percussion brings to uh to their development sure okay um well i guess i think the the, the things i like about body percussion one everybody obviously has a body so um you know everybody can do it to a certain extent um, you don't need to buy anything else so there's no economic restriction you can literally do it anywhere so there's nothing to set up you can do it in the classroom you can do it in the playground you can do it at home um, it doesn't need to be led by a teacher it can be very much coming from the students from the from the participants um, and whenever we do workshops we're very very keen to try and harness that try and get participants ideas on as quickly as humanly possible because we tend to find that the more their ideas are on board the quick quicker they get engaged with the thing we're doing um we'll sometimes do kind of to hopefully inspire them a little bit of a kind of a demo first and then from that okay well i've got this idea what how can we then develop it and so it's rather than kind of 
kind of teaching rhythms at them we're very much getting their ideas on board and um i think it's it could be quite a nice thing when when teachers or, or potentially initially scary thing when teachers realize oh I, I i can't play that rhythm yet it needs to be a practice but when i tell them they don't need to, the teachers don't need to be able to play it, it's quite an interesting realization when you realize that in body percussion sometimes the students are going to be better than the teachers yeah. at least at the actual physical doing it thing yeah. Obviously, the teachers are the experienced educators, so they then kind of think about the progression and the differentiation. But in terms of actually doing it, there's scope to to bring the, the students on board to become like the modelers of the... So you can say, right, you're going to learn this very, very short body percussion piece to teach the rest of the class. I can't do it. You can. And that might be, you know, somebody in, you know, kind of key stage two, maybe you know, year five, year six, who can play the rhythm better than the teacher. Use them. Um, so it becomes a real... It can become a real nice collaborative opportunity for the teachers and their students. But I think just mostly that it can be such a great opportunity for to kind of yeah get the students' ideas on board to collaborate for to get an instant good sounding rhythm without weeks and months of instrumental kind of um, warm up and how to play a certain kind of playing technique. You know, you can clap if you got you know, or, or you can stomp or you can chest or whatever. You can make all these sounds very, very, very quickly. Um, and it's so that that instant gratification and that sense of this sounds great straight away. It's um, it's a lovely thing to be part of. Um, it's also the great thing that it's although you can stomp and clap straight away, there's obviously quite a lot of, you know, you've got to work hard in order to do the flashy stuff. So there's this huge sense of you can do that straight away, but in terms of to do the stuff that Stomp are doing and that and those kind of, you know, those kind of the professional stuff, you've got to work hard and play. So there's also the sense of where else you can go with it. Um, but in terms of from an education point of view, I think um, I think partly due to lockdown, people have realised that body percussion is more than just a warm up. Um, yeah. And so we we um spent a kind of a lot of time of all, uh, over lockdown creating resources for um either kind of online um workshops or online cpd but creating resources to try and support us so that you know students could kind of carry this on and develop it far more than it would have done otherwise um and, and the results were amazing you know i've kind of had some really really lovely feedback for you know the body percussion stuff you did really 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 helped out because that was literally the only thing we could do singing wasn't allowed and technology lots of students didn't have it so body percussion became a thing that meant you know music maker could carry on which was um you know it was lovely to hear that we were able to support in that way Brilliant. And um, I, I can speak from experience and say that I know a lot of teachers I've worked with in the past have been sort of very afraid of um, trying out things that where they think the students might be better than them or, or, the, or that they, they're, they're afraid of sort of letting themselves go, letting loose a bit um, mm. and not not taking part rather than just standing back and being the supervisor and i've personally i've often said this a lot to colleagues in the past when i've done singing assemblies for example um i've said to said to people if the children see you bored or they see you not joining in or they see that you're nervous what's that what impact is that going to have on them absolutely so, so you got to just embrace it and don't worry if it's not, uh, don't worry, we're not, as you say, we're not looking for perfection. No, uh, absolutely. I mean, to be honest, I think I work, we do lots of workshops, not only with music specialists, but also lots with non-music specialists. 
Yeah. Um, particularly, we've we've got um, a kind of a body percussion with literacy uh, kind of workshop in CPD, which is based um, on collaborations we've done with um, Pi Corbett, who leads Talk for Writing, a kind of a literacy specialists. Um, and lots of what we do there is actually working with non-specialists and building up their confidence. And this is all just a confidence thing. And obviously, teachers have a range of confidences as well, especially when it comes to something with that um, something like music, where they may have had a negative experience with it personally, either as children or as or indeed as adults the moment said you know oh, i've no I've, I've i haven't got a rhythmic bone in my body um now in order to kind of build up that confidence obviously we've got to kind of you know, start simple and know that they can do something simple well that they're happy delivering um the one the one kind of slight issue i have is when if they're if they're confidence issues if there are confidence issues there and they'll kind of vocalize their confidence issues in a kind of a oh no i'm rubbish at this oh no and they're joking and they're covering up insecurities mm -hmm. but if they're doing that in front of students the students are aware oh i can be bad at this they're being bad at this oh i'm going to kind of muck about a bit as a kind of it and I say it might well I'm not saying don't have those feelings because if you feel insecure you feel insecure but give yourself a chance of you will get it and if you're thinking of it in terms of it's something that I'm I'm finding a bit of a struggle a bit of a challenge now but I'm going to improve you can put a whole kind of spin on it a bit of more of a kind of growth mindset attitude on it which can en enable the the students who are kind of suffering similar kind of oh I'm not I'm not, I'm not getting this straight away okay my teachers are going right okay I'm 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 struggling with this but we're going to buy you know a couple of weeks time we're going to be able to improve collectively and collaboratively and so um, I kind of make a point of this it's just that kind of slight change of mindset to kind of make everybody on board to kind of make progress together brilliant um so you do um primary schools and secondary schools we do um, all ages and we you, do early years we do okay. birthday parties nice and uh <laughs> you even you even did a bit on cbb's uh, didn't you did. yes that was a little while ago now but yes so i did um a couple of things for them um it was an interesting one with that they um that well, it, it turned out they'd they'd auditioned the children involved sat what? down what? Um, yeah that's ridiculous and so they then were doing body percussion and realized during the filming that apparently one of them had a bit of a dodgy hip oh, and God. was actually younger than his granny had written on the form so um, <laughs> oh my god, you know, oh my god. Know, never worked with children and animals anyway but no it's all wow. i mean he did amazingly but also it's just like you know so if you're going to do body percussion if you've got a bit of a dodgy bless him he was he was doing his best but yeah. uh, you know, but um, yeah, yeah, it was it was it was a fun thing to do, and obviously, I think a few people spotted. Oh, I recognise you from that, which is a kind of nice thing to be part of. <laughs> so um, yeah, that was that was good fun. Yeah, you meet me as well. I was actually um, uh, on the orchestra episode of Boogie Beebees. Oh, um, fantastic. yeah, that is, it was the Junior Royal Academy Orchestra, and I was in it's it on the, on the trombone. Um, so um, let let's try this, okay? Right over over zoom i mean i might not try it in time with you but let's um let's say let's get an example of uh something that you could teach the listeners to okay. my show that sure. they might be able to try at home sure. over audio no worries let's try it Cool. Okay. Well, so for example, it kind of going to the kind of the literacy side of things, a nice way to get kind of um, participants' ideas on board. Um, fairly simple one. I say 
My name's Ollie and I play drums. My name's Ollie and I play drums. So I've got a rhythmic sentence that goes over a count of four pulse beats. My name's Ollie and I play drums. And we are saying that and then we're clapping that. So we're clicking the four beats of the pulse, but then we clap it. My name's Ollie and I play drums. So we're clapping the rhythm, but we're saying the pulse. So physically showing the difference between pulse and rhythm. And then, right, I've got this rhythm here, but I want to know your version. So. <laughs> I'm going to give you the chance, Joe, can you come up with a sentence for yourself, a rhythm that goes over a count of four pulse beats, your equivalent of that. So my name's your name and then something you like doing for fun. OK, so my name's Joe and I play trombone. My name's Joe and I play trombone. My name's Lovely. Joe and Fantastic. I play trombone. Brilliant stuff. Now, if you wanted to, depending on the age of the kids you're working with, if this was kids, um, then you could say, right, well, you can be a little bit creative with it. If I want, I could go, my name's Ollie and I play drums, or I could do something like, my name's actually Oliver. So we've got two syllables, uh, three syllables rather than two. So my name's Oliver and I play drums. My name's Oliver and I play drums. Or my name's Oliver and I play drums. <laughs> My name's Oliver and I play drums. So both of those are correct. It's just a question of making those creative choices. You can also possibly include rests. And I tend to put rests on either the second or third pulse beat. And that way you're still starting on the one, you're still finishing on the four, but you're playing around with the rhythm either side. So you might go, for example, my name's Ollie and I play drums. My name's Ollie and I play drums. So with that, you got a nice dum dum. Okay, so whatever your sentence is, you can kind of have a few kind of plays around to include musical rests or not. And then once you've got it, you go, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to do that second one with the rest in it. So slow down. So just kind of get the, uh, to kind of get that, that rest in the rhythm following. It's going to sound like this. My name's Ollie and I play drums. My name's Ollie and I play drums. Now we're going to put it onto body percussion. So my names is going to be one sound. I'm going to choose chests. So my names um, for the Ollie and. Oh, actually, let's just do Ollie. So my names, Ollie. And then for and Ollie and I play drums. I'm literally working this out as I do it. Yep. So my names, Ollie and I play drums. Now for the and I play, it's going to be thighs. So, so far, chest, chest. Clap, clap. After the two claps, it's quite hard to say that, but after the two claps of Ollie, I'm going down to my thighs, and for drums, I'm going to do a big jumpy stomp. So it's going to sound like this. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Boom. Chest, chest. Uh, clap, clap, thigh, thigh, thigh. Dum. Now, it's obviously audio wise harder to do through saying the things but obviously if you're in the same room as the piece and person they are seeing what you're doing now that one i've got one two three four different sounds going on if i was working with slightly smaller people i might just choose three so one sound for my names the second sound for your name and the third sound for the thing you're doing if there are slightly older ones you can develop it around a bit incorporate if you're using your feet are they going to be jumps? Are they going to be stomps? Your feet could get you forwards or backwards. You could spin. You could do it over a count of four times through and move on the first time to the left or to the right. Play around with the visual as much as you do the, the musical. And also then thinking about the meaning of the words is, uh, rather than just the rhythm of the words. So if I'm going, um, my name's 
Ollie and I play, so I'm playing drums on my legs. If you've got somebody that's playing football, it could be football, kind of two stomps of the two syllables of football, but you're kind of showing playing football, you're kind of acting out the meaning of the word football. So the meaning of the words plus the rhythm of the words plus the kind of any visual development other that you want to include. So that very, very kind of quickly, simply you're developing a, the, the, the literacy side of things with the syllabic content of the phrase and also thinking creatively, musically and visually. So there's a lot going on just in that bit. Brilliant. Um, so, uh, final question for you today. Um, what would you, because I'm obviously, I'm a music specialist, I'm primary music specialist, so I would be perfectly happy to, you know, obviously you, you are the, the experts in this stuff, but I can, I can certainly give this stuff a go. And actually, I've had a lot of success teaching Anna Meredith Connect it, to be Great. fair um great piece of music if uh, it's on bbc 10 pieces for those that don't know um what would be your piece uh, your best advice for a class teacher who music is their biggest fear um of teaching what would be your advice to them oh okay um i mean there are there are obviously kind of off the shelf thing of resources you can get. But what I'd say is to try and use those ideas and try and get the students ideas on board within that. So you're not literally pressing play and then just running. You go, OK, there's that idea. Has anyone got an idea that's kind of a, a variation of that theme? So if there's any kind of body percussion groove that's taken off a, a resource, there's the group. So you're so you've got kind of something you know works um it's kind of accounted for and it's well presented it's going to be clear enough explained so they can press play they can show that but then they can say right um children you've seen that piece there does anyone have any ideas that are based on that so if you're if you're um if you're as a starting point take something that you know is kind of fun and engaging you know the kids are going to get drawn into but then try and get their ideas going on as quickly as possible um but also be aware that creativity is messy and it may not achieve the desired learning outcome each time and that's fine it may not be a finished result fine um i think sometimes i talk about kind of what the learning outcomes are if you um some people say oh how do you write this stuff down it's like well do you need to write it down i'd say kind of really really think about what you want the students to get to be able to do at the end of the session or at the end of the scheme of work that they couldn't do at the beginning of those and focus on those kind of let rather than thinking they all need to be able to write something not necessarily if they're teaching samba samba is an oral tradition for example um so there's lots of things being really really kind of clear to yourself and to the students what you want them to get out of the the, the lesson, the project, the scheme of work, um, and, you know, kind of really, really honing on that as a result. But there's, as I said, there's lots and lots of kind of stuff you can, um, you know, just press play to go, um, but don't just rely on that. Try and be creative with it and try and get your students' ideas involved with that as, as much as possible. Brilliant. Okay. Um, well, Ollie, thank you very, very much for um, agreeing to be interviewed by me for my show. Pleasure. Um, so before um, I stop recording, um, I'm going to give you permission to shamelessly self-promote yourself. So where, 
where can uh, i've i've got a copy of um ollie's book here body beats is really good highly recommended um it, it details lots of the things that ollie's talks about um and different rhythms you can try out ollie where else can people find you online and book you for workshops things like that right thank you for that uh, opportunity to shameless <laughs> So our website is www.beatgoeson.co.uk. You can follow us on social media, Beat Goes On UK. We've also got over three and a half hours of online workshops still. If you basically just Google um, YouTube Ollie Tunma, um, it's not a Beat Goes On thing, it's more, but I think if I just Google it, you'll find it. And there's, yeah, there's still over three and a half hours of YouTube stuff to find. But obviously, if we can come and work with you, we can make the learning experience that much more bespoke and work with you to make a kind of a scheme of work which can carry on after the visit. So we look forward to working with you. Cool. So you, you're you on Twitter, you've got a website. Are there any other socials you're on? Or is... We're on uh, Facebook, Instagram, I'm on LinkedIn, um, all sorts. Haven't quite gone down the TikTok route, but... Um, I'm sure <laughs> let's, let's, <laughs> no, let's, let's, let's get out there. No, it's just that um, with the recent news reports of teachers being abused on TikTok yes, and things. We, uh, sure. But anyway, that's a topic for another time. Right, well, um, I'm going to end the recording there. Thanks, Ollie. Absolute pleasure. Thanks again. Cool. So I hope you guys uh, enjoyed listening to that. Ollie's a great guy and um, yeah, highly recommended if you can, um, if you can get him, if you've got, if you have any part in music in your school and you can get him books and get your kids inspired by body percussion, that's uh, it's a really good thing to do. Um, and I can also recommend a few resources and things um, that you can do. Okay, I'm going to play the weekend news now um, and have an advert break, and then I'll um, do some songs. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. In a press release issued today, the UK government announces new expert attendance advisors are to begin work to reduce pupil absence. The advisors are described as having decades of first-hand experience and will work with local authorities and multi-academy trusts who have been identified as having the potential to benefit from support. The Department for Education has also identified schools with some of the greatest decreases in absence rates over a five-year period prior to the pandemic and invited them to share their approach with other schools in the coming weeks and months. Schools Minister Robin Walker said in the statement, The department is channelling all its efforts to provide support and guidance to help schools and trusts to take action to increase attendance. He did, however, also recognise that COVID is still with us and is causing some unavoidable absence, but that this made it even more important to take action to address avoidable absence from school. The press release outlined that the new advisers would draw on their expertise as former head teachers and local authority leaders to support with approaches tailored to schools' individual needs. This could include advice on how data and partnership working could improve or how local authorities can make sure all parts of their services are focused on breaking down the barriers to attendance. 
In the northeast of England, the Evening Chronicle reports that automotive giant Nissan has used evidence to a House of Lords Committee on Youth and Employment to highlight what it sees as shortfalls in the national curriculum. The report states that Nissan has hit out at the disastrous education system in the UK, which it says does not equip young people for jobs in manufacturing and engineering. The House of Lords Committee has sent a long list of recommendations to the government to tackle what it calls a blight on our society. This includes a call for the appointment of a young people's commissioner to champion the voice of people aged 16 to 24. The committee also highlights the UK youth unemployment rate, which, at 11.7%, is worse than many other comparable countries, and added that 70% of job losses during the pandemic were of people under the age of 25. In a statement, the chair of the committee, Lord Shipley, said, Our report is about harnessing the talents of every young person and giving them the skills they need to get a good job and a sustainable career. Finally, with the Christmas break approaching, head teachers are reported in an article in the Eye to be calling the request to set up COVID-19 testing stations in schools not reasonable. They say government have left schools with too little time to order test kits to be used upon the return of pupils after the Christmas break. The request came in an email from the Department for Education on Friday, with a deadline for ordering tests set for Tuesday next week. Julie McCulloch, Director of Policy at the Teaching Union ASCAL, said that whilst testing was important in reducing the risk of transmission of the virus, the responsibility for managing the testing should shift to public health authorities with schools limited to providing space for test centres and communicating with students. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio Weekend News. Need support with your phonics teaching? Did you know Oxford University Press now has three DfE-validated programmes to help you? Read Write Ink Phonics, Floppies Phonics and the brand new Essential Letters and Sounds. Essential Letters and Sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly, using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust English Hub, it's affordable, easy to use and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. Whatever your school's phonics needs, Oxford has the solution. To find out more and receive support from your expert local educational consultant, visit oxfordprimary.com forward slash phonics. All right, sometime. Um, so what we're going to do first is I'm going to play a uh, song to you called um, A Cat Sat on a mat and it's kind of like a variation of old mcdonald's and uh yeah yeah it's kind of like a variation of old mcdonald's had a farm um so this is obviously very eyfs early years focused but um i i like it and it's good fun with the kids and um if they're not talking yet or or they're just still learning to talk you can just hope maybe get them to act like the animal or get them to just say one word which will be obvious um a cat sat on a mat a cat sat on a mat meow meow Watch them come and we watch them go. And I 
must we say hello at the animal show? A bee sat on a tree, a bee sat on a tree. up lots of different rhymes um for each of the animals as they as they go past um so that's the um uh so that's called a cat sat on a mat and it's by jenny beeching um so yeah i like that one um it's it's a good warm-up it's good for early years and uh stuff like that all right now i'm gonna play to you and sing to you i'm not sure if i've done this before um but this one is pretty classic um in terms of primary school songs it's done a lot it's called i love the flowers times as you like and it's a good one for coming up with actions and things as well um so that one's i love the flowers i might have played that too on my show before but right now 
it's time for me to do something a little bit uh, different because I haven't played any pop songs yet, um, like songs that have been in the charts, but there's lots of them that are on sites like Singer, and many do actually work quite well for um, for for kids of kids of various ages. So, um. See You Again, as in the See You Again by Charlie Puth and Wiz Khalifa from Fast and Furious 7. That's actually a very good song for beginner ukuleles, the chorus is, anyway. Um, and if you've got the kids with the vocal range, then it works quite well for, um, for them. So... And so it goes uh, like this. It's been a while since I've played this. It's been a long day without you, my friend. And I tell you all about it when I see you again. We come a long way from where we began. Oh, I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. When I see you again. Damn, who knew all the planes we threw, good things we've been through. Then I'll be standing right here talking to you about another path. I know we love to hit the road and laugh, but something told me that it wouldn't last. Had to switch up, look at things different, see the bigger picture. Those were the days, hard work forever pays. Now I see you in a better place. How can we not talk about family? My family's all that we got. Everything I were meant to you is standing by my side. And now you got me with me for the last one. It's been a long day without you, my friend. And I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. Come a long way from where we began. Oh, I'll tell you all about it when I see you As you can tell, I'm not much of a rapper, um, but um, th there you go. Um, now, with the ukulele, what you can do with that is you can do um, <clears throat> is you can do if you take it up a key to C major or um, A minor, rather, you can use uh, A minor, C and F to basically play the whole chorus. Um, and actually, it works for most of the rap as well. So you go A minor, C, F, C, if they can, G, A minor, C, C. So I'll go and do that again. A minor, C, F, C. A minor, C, F, C. It's been a long day 
away without you, my friend. And I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. We come a long way from where we began. Oh, I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. When I see you again. Um, and it works for most of the rap and the that bit as well um so yeah that's that's um so that's a little bit of see you again i'm not gonna do any more rapping because i'm not very good at it um but yeah it's it that one's also on sing up um now what we're gonna do next is um i'm gonna play not onto onto musicals now because um although you could argue that A Million Dreams from The Greatest Showman, let's use that as a, I, I love this song. This one is my favourite song from The Greatest Showman. And it actually works for young voices. You just have to change around some of the pitching because if you listen to the original, um, it the pitch can go very, very low. Like um, when it goes, they can say, they can say, it all sounds crazy. Um, it's down here, which for um, for kids is incredibly low. Unless, um, I mean, for some kids can do it. I mean, the guy, the kid who sang it on in the film, Ziv Zaferman, he, he can sing that low. But it is very, oh, oh, we've got a caller. Uh, CK05. Um, okay, we've got a caller. Um, I just, just noticed that. Um, so just sent him an invite. Anyway, um, so when you do, um, they can say, they can say, it all sounds crazy. Um, normally it's, they can say, they can say, it all sounds crazy. And uh, they can say, they can say, I've lost my mind. That's very low for children. So if you take that up the octave, um, they can say, they can say, it all sounds crazy. They can say, they can say, I've lost my mind. Um, then you can um, do, then it works. So, um, and there's a few other low notes, but Sometimes children can do it, and Lynn Marsh is a children's songwriter. I'm going to try and get her on my show sometime, and she, I remember doing um, some CPD with her, and she said, she talks about there were kids out there that um, when they were asked to sing songs they sang at school, they were struggling because it was too high, and vocal range is a very, it's, a, it's an interesting topic because most adults they like to sing at a lower pitch but what naturally feels comfortable for them is far too low for children so especially primary school children so you have to you have to adapt and i remember lots of colleagues complaining to me about where i pitched the songs but then i explained to them that actually it's the children that are singing this and what's comfortable for you is not comfortable for them so um let me let me demonstrate this with a million dreams um from the greatest showman 
close my eyes and I can see a wealth that's waiting above for me that I call my home. Through the dark, through the door, through where no one's been before, but it feels like home. So then you go up the octave here. They can say, they can say, it all sounds crazy. They can say, they can say, a boss of all. I don't care, I don't care, so don't be crazy. We can live in a world that we desire. Well, we're 
Thank you, Tom. Um, so if you, um, because um, as hopefully I demonstrated that right, I mean, I know my singing voice isn't the greatest, um, but if you're teaching this to kids, then if you adapt some of the pitches and the and the vocal range, then it can work um, as a song like that. And it's just like with everything, just as a general guidance, um, middle C uh, to the C an octave above is the average vocal range for young children. And then that will develop as, as they grow. Um, and if you're talking about older kids, they can maybe do a few notes below and a few notes above. Um, so um, let's take maybe far away from Annie as an, as a, um, as an example. If you're putting on Annie in your school, then the lead role for far, maybe far away and tomorrow needs to be able to sing there. The sun will come out tomorrow. Bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow there'll be sun. Just thinking, thinking about tomorrow. Yeah. So that's um that that's the that's a lower note that you want to um that you want to be able to do there. And then for maybe. Annie's opening song, um, they need to be get, be able to go up to maybe far away, oh, maybe, I can't remember the rest of the words, um, but yeah, they need to be able to get up to there. Um, oh, and tomorrow, tomorrow, I love you, tomorrow, you're always a day away. So that there they won't be able to get up there if they're playing the lead role in Annie um what let's 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 think so and then obviously when you get up to secondary school people's voices change and you know if you've got a secondary school choir and they're able to do soprano alto tenor bass they can sopranos can obviously go much higher but I wouldn't recommend generally that's quite high for a soprano. And then if you're going down the basses, a uh, low F, oh, that's quite um, that's quite um, a low range for basses, bass singing. Right. Um, let's do. Uh, yeah, I'm going to do I'm going to do another song from The Greatest Showman. Then I'm going to finish with a Green Day song because um, this is one that just works universally for loads of ages. And also is a great anthem for those that are perhaps, you know, not... Because yeah, the, the song's all about, you know, people being marginalised because of the way they look and the way they're seen and the way they sound, etc. So um, this is me. to the dark hide away they say because we don't want your broken heart i've learned to be ashamed of all my scars 
run away. They say no one will love you as you are, but won't let them break me down to dust. I know that there's a place for us, for we are glorious. When the sharpest words wanna cut me down, gonna send the flood, gonna drown them out. I am brave, I am bruised, I am who I'm meant to be. This is me, the cow is here I come. Now march it on to be that job. I'm not scared to be seen, I make no apologies. This is me, oh. This is me. The cow is here I come. Now marching on to be that drum. I'm scared to be seen. I make no apologies. This is me. Yeah, have that little drum hit on the end. It's um, and then that's that's super effective. Um, all right, gonna finish today with a little bit of um Green Day now. Um, so yeah, this is me is a song that kind of works um just with any age group. You can and depending on how good your singers are, you can do it in unison, you can do it um with harmonies, you can do it with flourishes. It's it, it works in many different ways. Right. Let's see how this goes.
another turning point, a fork sunk in the road. Time grabs you by the wrist, directs you where to go. So make the best of this test and don't ask why. It's not a question, but a lesson learned in time. It's something unpredictable, and in the end it's right. I hope you had the time of your life. So take the photographs and still frames in your mind. Hang it on a shelf in good health and good time. Tattoos of memories and dead skin on trial. For what it's worth, it was worth all the world. It's something unpredictable, and in the end it's right. I hope you have the time of your life. It's something unpredictable, and in the end it's right. I hope you have the time of your life. That's a good one for um for guitars, um beginner guitars and things. Right. That is all I have time for today. I'll edit out the technical hitch that I had um, earlier in the show. Um, and um, thank you very much for listening. If you downloaded, thank you very much for downloading and listening. And see you next time. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.